Why did Shaq Thompson agree to stay in Carolina on a rework deal? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where tomorrow on Friday I'll be back once again to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions and y'all I need your questions I know the schedule has been kind of wonky this week with Memorial Day and me recording on the day of and typically you have it on the morning of but get me those mailbag questions in so I can record tomorrow's show so either at me or DM me over on Twitter to get those questions into me now Carolina Panthers still undergoing OTAs with the rest of the NFL and that little update on Thursday, as Frank Reich, Shaq Thompson, Brady Christensen, and Hayden Hurst all spoke to the media. So we're going to talk about some of the things that we learned from all those guys, including Shaq Thompson, his new deal, and why he decided to stay in Carolina instead of going elsewhere where maybe there could have been more money. So we'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Let's go ahead and start off, though, with the head man in charge, Frank Reich, the head coach here in Carolina. He says the Panthers are halfway through the process of installing the offense into defense, just the overall schemes here. Uh, especially offensively, they want to still focus on they want to focus on some red zone stuff, some short yardage, play action, and drop back. Uh, there's questions too about the health. Of two key free agents for the Panthers, DJ Chark and Hayden Hurst, who both have not been out there um, fully available because of offseason surgery. DJ Chark having an, a foot slash ankle kind of surgery issue. Hayden Hurst uh, dealing with a hernia. I had to have a surgery on that. More from him later on here on the show. But as far as DJ Chark and his involvement, um, he's been doing a lot of rehab on the side. And he's been there for the walkthrough portion of practice, just has not been doing any live action. And they're not in pads, so it's not really anything all that physical, but has not been doing any sort of competitive reps. Now, the expectation is on Friday that he and Hayden Hurst will both be able to run routes on air. Uh, so that will still not be a competitive uh portion of the practice hope they'll be out there moving around being a part of the walkthrough and understanding the offense and the key thing is just get back be healthy understand what you're going to be doing once you are healthy and just don't get hurt again so DJ Chark Hayden Hurst going to still be involved throughout the rest of the install process even if it's not in a full-time kind of role now overall the wide receiver core is something that I think a decent amount of people are excited about. I have my questions of whether how, how good they're going to be, but I do think that they have a chance like the offensive line last year where there was no all pros, no pro bowlers on that unit, but it was a very strong unit, a very solid unit. And now probably the strength of the Carolina Panthers offense and of their roster, when you look at it being a massive weakness and the wide receiver core was not very good the last couple of seasons. It was DJ and that was basically it. Now DJ Moore's no longer here. Comes In comes Adam Thielen. You got DJ Shark, the draft John Domingo. And we'll see what Terrace Marshall, Shai Smith, and Lishka Chenault are able to do in this offense along with Demir Bird. So it's a reworked unit there in that wide receiver room, which has the coaching staff 
excited about what they can do. Sean Jefferson, the new wide receiver coach here in Carolina, has a lot of experience and a, a lot of praise across the NFL on what he's able to do as far as uh, working with wide receivers. And Frank Reich said that he's excited about the whole wide receiver group, that you really have to wait until training camp before they can get too excited about anybody in particular, but he does have enthusiasm about what they have. He's, though he said he has a temperate at this time of the year, as we got to see what these guys really look like once the pads go on, once they really understand what they're doing, and really when they're up for jobs. So right now, he's excited about the group, and we had the conversation a couple of times this week about potentially the Panthers going out there and being interested in DeAndre Hopkins. He certainly feels the need of a, wide, a number one wide receiver, which Carolina Panthers certainly do not have on the roster right now. At least someone has not presented themselves to truly be one of those top-tier wide receivers, and I would have a hard time believing anyone on the roster right now will end up being that. But it's always possible they could use someone like DeAndre Hopkins, who has missed some time, but still, when healthy, can be a top-10 wide receiver in the NFL, and the Carolina Panthers could certainly use someone with that kind of of talent in this on this roster and in that room. But right now, it feels like they're pretty confident. And we talked to Vashti Hurt, Carolina Blitz, a couple weeks ago, and she was saying how they seem to be pretty excited about this group. And Frank Reich went out there and said it himself earlier today that they are excited about the whole wide receiver group, although he's tempering his expectations and his enthusiasm until they put on pads once training camp rolls around. Now, the quarterbacks, we're all thinking about what's going on with Bryce Young. Didn't hear too much about Bryce Young. Of course, did not hear from him at all on Thursday. But really, the thing that Frank Reich is looking at when he looks at Bryce Young Andy Dalton, and Matt Corral's three quarterbacks, it's DTA. Decision-making, timing, inaccuracy. That's all the things that he wants to see from them. And right now, he's seen it from Bryce. He's seen it from Andy. He's seen it from Matt Corral. And that's what he wants to see at this port portion of the offseason with his quarterbacks out there during OTAs. Now, we go back to wide receivers. And we're talking about roles and looking at how our guys are going to fit in. We look at Adam Thielen, DJ Chark. Those guys were not brought in to not be starters, even though Frank Reich will tell you that roles have not been defined just yet. What about the leftovers, the holdovers from the rule regime? Terrace Marshall, there could be questions of whether they drafted Jonathan Mingo to potentially replace him in the past, considering this staff, the coaches, did not bring in Terrace Marshall. Now, Scott Fitterer was general manager. That was his first draft as a GM back in 2021 when they decided to take Terrace Marshall in the second round out of LSU. I don't know if Fitter has given up on him, but they do understand that they got to find a long-term option there at wide receiver for Bryce Young, their franchise quarterback, and they thought they were doing that by bringing in Jonathan Mingo. Made a lot of sense. Conversation that we have throughout the month of March and also all through April leading up to the draft as the Panthers could have looked at someone at 39 or 93 at wide receiver. They decided to go at 39 to get Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss. Makes a lot of sense knowing that you don't really have anyone under – at that point in time, didn't have anyone under contract at the wide receiver position – Pass what 24 other than Adam Thielen, who'll be 35 years old by that time. So, needed to bring in a young receiver who could learn and grow with Bryce Young. But looking at some of the other guys, like Viscus Chenault as well, what could his role be as he's in his final year of his rookie deal in his third year, second year, rather, here in Carolina? And Frank Reich said he's looking good, which he's going to be saying it all about a lot of guys right now that they're still trying to evaluate his role and what he could do in this offense. And he even said that you look at a guy like DJ Debo, Debo, excuse me, Debo Samuel cannot speak today. Um, you look at a guy like Debo Samuel. He said there's a lot of things that Lavishka Chenault can do that Debo Samuel 
can do. And I've had people ask me, hey, can LaVisca Chenault kind of fill that DJ Moore role in, in the future, kind of like in the run game and all that kind of stuff, be that kind of gadget guy, which is that's what they really used him for last year as he wasn't allowed to go past the line of scrimmage. He was able to make some guys miss against Atlanta and against New Orleans for those long touchdowns. So he has the ability to break it loose and be a big-time playmaker. He just hasn't been given that many opportunities and also really hasn't capitalized on the opportunities he's had through the first three years of his career in the NFL, first two in Jacksonville and last year in Carolina. Yeah, at times you can maybe do things like Debo Samuel, but Debo Samuel is an all-pro, and until LaVishka Chenault even makes a Pro Bowl, I'm going to be hard-pressed to believe that that is really something that they see in LaVishka Chenault. And if they saw that, I don't think that they're bringing in Demir Bird, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, and then drafting a wider receiver if they felt like they had a guy who can do some of the things that Debo Samuel can do. Because if that's what you feel and believe, then you don't do the things that you did this offseason by completely reworking this wide receiver room, which, of course, was done out of necessity, but also you brought in some guys to play ahead of LaVishka Chenault. So we'll see what his role is going to be, but I don't think he's going to have a bigger role in this offense than Adam Thielen and DJ Chark if those guys stay healthy. I don't even think he's going to have a bigger role than Terrace Marshall, but those are the words of the coach. It says he could do some things like Debo Samuel. He's not saying he's going to be and is Debo Samuel, but there's a few things that Debo does that he thinks that potentially LaVishka Chenault could do at times in this offense this upcoming season. And looking at the running back group, there's questions of whether they need to add another body in this running back room. As you look at it, you got Miles Sanders, thick thighs, big-time player who can be that lead back for you. But most teams go by that that by-committee approach, and Frank Reich said he loves doing the by-committee approach. It's not really the lead backs anymore. Your number one running back who's getting like 25, 30 carries. You don't really see that anymore in the NFL. You can spread the wealth, and which is why I'm kind of anti-paying running backs. Miles Sanders, I think, will be a good player for the Carolina Panthers. And Frank Reich went out and said, yeah, right now, Miles is our number one guy. And he's just being honest. Yeah, Chuba's doing some good things. Raheem Blackshear's doing some good things. But Miles Sanders is our guy at running back. But is there a bruiser, like that short yardage back in this offense right now? Not quite sure. And maybe that's something the Carolina Panthers look to add over the next couple of weeks and months leading up to training camp. And even once we get down to roster cutdowns in August. So we'll see how that works out. But there's a quick update on how things are going offensively and with the team overall for the Carolina Panthers in week two of OTAs. Shaq Thompson, he's back here in Carolina and potentially could have been gone. $24.4 million cap hit. There's a lot of questions of, will the Panthers cut Shaq? Will they try to work a deal with Shaq? Well, Shaq is back here in Carolina, and I think he's happy, and I think a lot of Panther fans should also be happy. So how did he come to terms to stay in Carolina? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before we do that, the NBA Finals are on tonight as the 8C Miami Heat at the Eastern Conference face off against the number one seed in the Western Conference, the Denver Nuggets. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA Finals because right now new customers get a no-swept first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook, FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-swept first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. One of the most important things I felt the Panthers needed to do this offseason was to find a way to keep Shaq Thompson in Carolina. Because if they didn't, I don't know what exactly they were going to do 
defensively at linebacker. It's not like the linebacker market was robust in terms of guys available. And when you look at the roster, Brandon Smith, someone who has the body type and the frame, Back in college at Penn State, never really lived up to the hype and expectations as a five-star. And in getting drafted in the fourth round, did get a lot of opportunities last year in Carolina as Frankie Louvu and Shaq Thompson really held it down there in the middle of the defense here in Carolina. And Frankie's great. But if it's not Frankie out there, you got to have Shaq out there. And if it's not Shaq out there, you got to have Frankie. Don't really feel like there's anyone out on the roster that you could really depend on if you lost Shaq Thompson. So the Carolina Panthers had to bring him back, and they were able to do that, reworking his deal where he's going to be a free agent in 2024. They wanted to go ahead and give him two more years, two years, $12.6 million. He had a $24.4 million cap hit, which was one of the things that we really looked at and saw that easily the Carolina Panthers could get under the salary cap if they cut Shaq Thompson, but then they would be getting rid of one of their defensive leaders, one of their captains, and a player that really they were going to have a tough time trying to replace this offseason if they decided to move off of him. He's got $8.5 million guaranteed. He's got a signing bonus. He's got his 2023 salary that's fully guaranteed, and $2 million in 2024 that's fully guaranteed. Then he has a 2024 roster bonus of $1 million, so he got about $3 million he can get paid minimum there in the 2024 season cap hit this year is $14.06 million. And it was again, $24.4 million next year. will be $6.6 million um, because, and then he'll become a unrestricted free agent in 2025. He also has void years, three of them uh, running from 2025 to 2027. Those carry cap hits of $3.18 million, um, $1.06 million and $1.06 million again in that final year. And it really feels like Shaq will be here in Carolina at least this season and next. Already talked about the guaranteed money this year. They're not getting rid of Shaq. And then next year, $2 million of his salary is guaranteed. Then the $1 million roster bonus if he's on, on the roster at a certain point in time in March of 2024. Don't really see them moving off of Shaq Thompson, especially if they do. They would have to do it post-June 1, whether it be a trade or by cutting him. And the dead cap would already be, would be $3.6 million, $3.06 rather, in 2024. Then 5.3 in 2025, and the cap savings would only be $3.6 million. So you're not really saving a lot, and it really depends on what they decide to do in the offseason and the draft. And any linebackers even emerge that could replace Jack. It doesn't seem like that's something the Carolina Panthers would want to do. So good um, on both sides that they got it done. And Jack was asked about getting a new deal done, and he said it meant everything. That to get a deal done, that he's been through a lot with the guys on the roster, that they're his brothers, and you've heard him say that plenty of times, that he didn't want to go elsewhere. He also mentioned the fact that Frank Reich and Ajero Vero and Pete Hansen uh, were all out there reaching out to him on a daily basis saying that, hey, we really want you here with us as we start on this new project and this new era of Carolina Panthers football. And Shaq also just noted that if you look at the market, the linebacker market wasn't great. It's about the running back market wasn't great. Like the money just wasn't great for a lot of players out there. And he didn't really feel like if he left Carolina, he was going to get a deal better than what he got here with the two years, $12.6 million. And also, he's a loyal guy. He didn't really want to leave. He wanted to stay with the guys who he said, again, or his brothers, that if he's going to win a Super Bowl, he wants to win it here. Um, because that's his plan is to win a Super Bowl, and he wants to do it with these guys. And if he's going to lose, he wants to do it with these guys. He didn't want to go elsewhere, and it's good to see someone who – I think early on in his career, got a lot of criticism from fans. I don't really feel like that was all that fair. And when he's been out there, he's been fantastic. And he's been one of the lone bright spots for an organization that has not had very many bright spots over the last five seasons. So I'm happy to have Shaq Thompson back here. The guy's a great leader. 
going to be here at least the next two seasons. Hopefully the Panthers can win a Super Bowl with Shaq and that all of his loyalty and his patience and his hard work will be rewarded um, by hoisting the Lombardi Trophy one day. Um, So hopefully that happens. We'll see. So Shaq Thompson back here in Carolina because basically he wanted to be here and you know, the money, well, he did say to someone on Twitter, like, would you take less money to stay at your job? Well, he did it because of loyalty, and, you know, there wasn't really better money anywhere else. So there we go, Shaq Thompson here in Carolina, who's also asked about his thoughts on Bryce Young, of course, the rookie quarterback here in Carolina, hopefully the franchise, the savior uh, here with the Carolina Panthers. Um, he said he's smart, understands football, understands the playbook. He's making great throws, points out um, what's around Bryce Young will really help him when you brought up Frank Reich being here. Um, you look at Thomas Brown being here. You got Josh McCown as a quarterback coach, Andy Dalton. But the Panthers have done a really good job surrounding Bryce Young with a lot of great leadership and a great coaching staff. And I do think some playmakers that can help make his job easier during his rookie season this fall. Um, and then how can Shaq help Bryce Young? Well, Shaq said um, – he just can show them how the defense views the offense and just looking at things from the defensive side of the ball and from their perspective. He can also teach them how a linebacker moves based off of you know how the offense lines up and some of the things that the quarterback does and also how players on defense react when a quarterback leaves the pocket, which is something that we've seen Bryce Young not necessarily do a ton of, but he will look to run at points in times, as will be necessary in this offense as things break down. He tries to make plays, which is one of the reasons why I think the Panthers and a lot of people out there really like Bryce Young. Um, in this draft cycle and decided to take him as a number one quarterback and number one player in the draft. So Shaq can just help from the defensive perspective and being a leader on that side of the ball, just let him know, like, this is what I see uh, from a quarterback and how I react. And, you know, now you can know how I react and you'd be able to react to a different way to try and uh, win those matchups and those battles um, moving into the season. Uh, transitioning to a 3-4. It's something that Shaq isn't really all that concerned about because he did it in the final year of Ron Rivera back in 2019 where David Tepper decided, hey, Ron, you're going to run a 3-4. You're also going to be calling to plays. And it didn't necessarily work out as the Panthers brought in some older veterans and were hoping to be able to turn some things around there in 2019 season but saw the same kind of collapse in the second half of the year aided by the fact that they didn't have Cam Newton, who only played two games that season, Kyle Allen turning into a pumpkin, and the defense really just not being very good, being one of the worst defensive units that Ron Rivera coached during his nine years here in Carolina. So Shaq remembers playing that defense, but he loves how it's more visual when playing this 3-4 scheme under Jero Vero, and that they play off the quarterback, they can play fast, it can be free, and he's really excited about what he's able to do, and the fact that he's already played a 3-4 before uh, helps him really transition, and there's not much of a transition at all um, heading into the year. Uh, and also just the coaching staff. This is a player who, again, could have looked elsewhere. He wanted to be here with his guys, but he also wanted to be here with the coaching staff. And as I brought up, Reich, Averro, and um, Hanson all were calling him saying, we want you here in Carolina. We want you here with us. And he said the staff's been a blessing over 200 years in combined experience as coaches. There's no reason not to feel comfortable and be confident in a new coaching staff here in Carolina. And he's shown that by deciding to stay here and to be a leader and to try and win a Super Bowl with the staff and more importantly with his brothers, with these guys. And hopefully that will work out for Shaq Thompson, one of the key pieces of the Carolina Panthers heading to the season and certainly one of the biggest moves they made this offseason to make sure that he stayed in Carolina and he helps him transition into this new 3-4 scheme and heading into the 2023 season where the Panthers certainly have a chance to be right back there late in December and early January having a chance to win the NFC South. 
They also brought in Hayden Hurst, who could have a big season. We'll look at the Titan history under Frank Reich. And Brady Christensen, he's still here. Is he worried about any competition there at left guard? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. We spent a lot of time so far this offseason talking about some of the key free agents that the Carolina Panthers have signed on here in his first year with Frank Reich, their new head coach. And one of them is Hayden Hurst, who was speaking to the media earlier on Thursday as he's been someone who has not been available. And we found this out, I think, two weeks ago when Frank Reich spoke to the media that Hayden Hurst would be out for a little bit of time because he had surgery on a groin and a hernia. And we found out from Hayden Hurst himself earlier on Thursday morning that this is something he dealt with back to week one of the 2022 season with the Cincinnati Bengals, where he was still a really good player. And I didn't even know that he was dealing with this. And you would have seen the stats and seen him play and be like, well, you know, Hayden Hurst, of course, there's going to be some bumps and bruises. There's always going to be those nagging pains every player's going to have to deal with because of the nature of football being such a physical game. But Hayden Hurst, he was able to play through it. And he had surgery right after the AFC Championship game where the Bengals lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. And he would be back out there, as he said. And Frank Reich had noted earlier um, in the day that I talked about earlier on the show that Frank Reich had said that he and DJ Chark will be out there during walkthroughs. They'll be out there rehabbing on the side and also get to run routes on air on Friday. So good to see Hayden Hurst back out here. I talked about how it was, in a way, a good opportunity for guys like Tommy Trimble and Ian Thomas and uh, Giovanni Ricci and Stephon Sullivan to really get to learn the offense, be out there in, in live action. Again, no pads, but be able to kind of solidify. Not, I mean, they're not going to solidify any roles, but able to show what they can do while Hurst is out of the offense and rehabbing. He said that he just wants to play all season. He wants That's his focus is getting healthy, um, learning how to run healthy again with that groin uh, and the surgery he's had. Also, just talking about how his goal for the season is to be able to play 17 games because he wasn't able to do that last year. And he thinks that that's something that he can do this upcoming season. So again, we'll be out there in walkthroughs and running routes on air on Friday. And looking at the scheme, it's very tight end friendly. We already knew that. And we've seen how non-existent the tight ends were in the past schemes that we had here in Carolina, whether it was Ben McAdoo last year and didn't really have the personnel, if we're being honest, but still didn't lean on the tight end very much, which is something he had done in the past, but it wasn't tight end friendly, at least for the guys on the roster a year ago. And then when Jeff Nixon took over after Joe Brady was fired, wasn't tight end friendly. Joe Brady's offense, which we have seen be in the past tight end friendly, personnel is still a problem, wasn't very tight end friendly. The tight end was non-existent the last three seasons in Carolina. I don't think that's going to be the case anymore with this new scheme here in Carolina that Frank Reich is bringing over. You also look at Thomas Brown and all of the guys that are here, the diversity of thought that Frank Reich talked about when speaking to the media when he first came to Carolina. He also talked about that earlier on Thursday prior to Hayden Hurst speaking. The diversity of thought that's really helping them build this offense and the tight end will be utilized. And it's very tight end friendly, especially in the red zone. And when was the last time the Panthers had a red zone threat? Like a guy that you know they're going to go to in the red zone, like to throw the football to. When it's it's been a while since they've had one of those guys, and knowing that that Hayden Hurst has the size and the frame and the strength to be able to be that, I'm excited about that. And he, of course, is excited about that. And you look at the history of that F tight end position, which can move all over the place in this offense under Frank Reich, Antonio Gates. Hall of Famer. Zach Ertz was excellent in Philadelphia. Eric Ebron, that one year he had in Indianapolis, where I think he had 12 touchdowns or so, and the Colts won the AFC South, and then got to divisional round before losing on the road in Kansas City. You've seen guys have success at that F-Titan position. We've already seen what Hayden Hurst has been able to do 
in Atlanta, in Cincinnati this past season, and now coming to this offense. There's a reason why he wanted to come to Carolina and being able to be the next tight end to add to that list of having success under Frank Reich at that F tight end position. That is certainly one of the reasons why he came to Carolina and playing in this offense. And Von Bell, another player who was a key free agent signing, who's going to allow Jeremy Chin to come up and play close to the line of scrimmage and play over this defense. And that's been probably the main thing we've talked about when discussing Von Bell coming to Carolina. And yes, we're going to spend more time talking about who Von Bell is as a player and how he impacts things in the game. And I was happy to hear someone ask Hayden Hurst about Von Bell, who he played with last season in Cincinnati, in his leadership. He says that he brings experience and character, that he's one of the best human beings that he's ever been around, first guy in the building. And he was a quarterback of the defense, and he allowed the Bengals to have success and do so many things defensively last year, and now that guy is in Carolina. And Shaq Thompson even said he's been a fan of Von Bell since Von Bell was back in New Orleans with the Saints. So to hear two guys, one on the defensive side of the ball and another one who was his teammate last year in Hayden Hurst, speak so highly and glowingly about Von Bell, every Panthers fan's got to be excited about what he's going to be bringing to the table here this upcoming season at safety. And it's not just what it allows Jeremy Chin to do, but it's what he brings as a leader and experienced character and being that quarterback of the defense, which is what the Carolina Panthers certainly need. They're back at safety in the secondary. Uh, Brady Christensen was injured in week 18. Not as severe as Austin Corbett, who's going to miss some time to start off the season. Got Cade Mays working in there at right guard. And Brady Christensen was saying how Cade Mays is really sort of hone in on his technique where he's supposed to be, that he's always been a really good athlete, but now he's really understanding kind of the nuances of playing right guard in the NFL and the interior of this offense line here in Carolina. And Christensen, someone who last year he played left guard. He's played all, all over the offensive line so far. Every position I feel like except for centers through the first two years of his career. And there's been questions of, you know, could Chandler Zavala, who was drafted out of in state in fourth round, could he come in and take Christensen's job? Brady doesn't seem to be all that concerned whether he could lose his job or not because he says competition is always there for everyone. So he understands that, hey, I can be better. And look at pro football focus, not not the gospel, not something that you can just completely lean on and buy into everything that they put out there. And I know there's plenty of players who don't love it and they think that they miss some things with whatever kind of formulas they do. But either way, he was the lowest graded offensive lineman uh, for the Carolina Panthers last year on a unit that was very strong. So he was the weakest link. But it was a strong unit, and him being the weakest link does not mean that he was a weak player because oh, there's a lot of teams, I'm sure, in the NFL that would have loved to have Brady Christensen. And we saw what was there at left guard before Christensen started all 17 games last season at left guard. It was not good. He was a massive upgrade from what we saw. He was not replacement level. He was a major upgrade from what we had there at left guard the last couple seasons here in Carolina. So he has competition, so be it. He's somebody who I do wonder if he would want to play tackle down the road. Could he kick out the right tackle, get the Panthers side to move off of Moten in a couple years, where he has this year and then next year, under contract in his rookie year deal, does he become a free agent in 25 and think to himself, man, I really want to become a tackle in the NFL and I want to play much guard. We'll see how that works out, and you also have to understand just the finances of you can only pay so many guys there on the offensive line. Icky, if he continues to play like he played this past season and how we expect him to play, he's going to get a ton of money one day, and you can only pay so many guys on the offensive line. So we'll see how that works out with, Brad, with um, Brady Christensen. And then speaking of Bryce Young, 
said he can't speak highly enough of Bryce Young. He's really excited to see what Bryce is going to be able to do by leading this offense as a quarterback here this season and then hopefully for many years to come in Carolina. So there's an update from the Carolina Panthers OTAs as Frank Reich, Shaq Thompson, Hayden Hurst, and Brady Christensen all spoke with the media earlier today on Thursday. That's going to wrap up. This edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where right now, as you're listening to this, send me in your mailbag questions. Going to record tomorrow's show, Friday's show, uh, I think early Friday morning. So want to get that out there. So send me the questions. I can record Get those out to you so you can listen to that by about noon on Friday. So get those questions at me, DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council. Of course, follow me first there on Twitter, at Julian Council. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Friday.